What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. And today I'm looking forward to what we are talking about because we are talking football, not what ifs, not COVID, not complications, not lawsuits, not any of that stuff. Just a little bit of football. You got to love it. Guys being dudes, all that fun stuff. And today we are going to kick it off with a little bit of Minnesota Vikings action. BC Johnson tearing it up in training camp, really making a strong impression with Minnesota. Just awesome because he's a guy who had to, you know, work for everything. Seventh round draft pick was started as, you know, the seventh or eighth wide receiver on the death chart last year. Ended up working his way all the way up, making a pretty big impact. They even trusted him a lot when Thielen went down. Ended up having a pretty nice rookie year. And now, even with the arrival of Justin Jefferson, he's just not given up that number two spot behind Thielen. And it's just not shocking at all because that reminds me of, you know, everything that we saw at BC at CSU. There were always wide receivers that were more athletic than him, bigger than him, stronger than him, whatever, more explosive. But nobody ever outworked BC. And and that's why he's called the standard, man. That's that's why he's in the NFL and that's why he's going to have a kick-ass career. And it was just awesome, you know. So I, I I hit up Vikings beat writer Will Raggetts of Sports Illustrated, and I got him on, and it was just awesome to get his perspective. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Before we get into that interview, though, got to shout out our homies, our sponsor, Breckenridge Brewery. Guys, right now the Avalanche are in the heart of the playoffs. No better time to have Avalanche Amber Ale. You can try it at the DNVR bar. There's all kinds of watch parties kicking at the DNVR bar. Or the farmhouse is still open. It's socially distanced. Beautiful setup for your outside dining. If you're more comfortable at home, you can do curbside pickup from 12 to 8 p.m. Super, super clutch. If you do do pickup, just use the code DNVR. You'll save five bucks on your order. And as always, you can get Breckenridge delivered right to your house with Drizzly. Such a clutch app. Just... I mean, who wants to leave their house? Not me. That's for damn sure. Especially not for beer. You know, (laughs) like when you can get it delivered straight to your front door, that's innovation. That is technology at its finest. Along with that, check out the Breck Beer Locator. It'll tell you the closest liquor store near you with Breck Beers. Super clutch. Shout out Breck. We love them. Cool, 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 cool. Here is that interview with Will Raggetts of Sports Illustrated. Big thanks to him for hopping on. It was great. I've, I've never had any interaction with him before this, and he was super responsive. Always appreciate that. Reached out to some guys for some other teams. I got ghosted. It is what it is. Not going to call him out. Will was super cool, though, and he responded right away. Was super willing to hop on, and then the conversation was just great, so I appreciate it. Here is that interview with Will Raggetts of Sports Illustrated. All right, what's up, guys? We are joined by Will Raggetts of Sports Illustrated. He covers the Vikings. He's been all over what's going on with training camp. Highly recommend that you guys go follow him, check out all of his work. Will, how's it going, my man? It's, it's got to be a busy time. Yeah, it's been been good. Uh, it's been a little weird. Uh, it's my first time covering training camp. Um, obviously, there's a lot of protocols in place and stuff like that, but still a lot of fun. But yeah, I got an off day today, so... Uh, sounds like we're gonna talk about some some BC Johnson here. I'm excited. Yeah, man. Thank you for you know taking some time on your off day to do this. I really appreciate it. 
just wanted to, you know, get somebody's inside perspective, somebody that's, you know, kind of been able to see it because, you know, admittedly, we're probably a little bit biased out here in Fort Collins, given that, you know, we're all rooting for BC to succeed. Yeah, no, I mean, he's been a guy who has been a big surprise throughout, um, I guess, more of a surprise last uh, training camp and, and preseason and kind of in the run up to his rookie season and throughout his whole rookie season. Um he started as like the number seven or number eight receiver on the Vikings roster, a seventh round pick. And uh, by the, by a few weeks into the season, he was the number three guy on that depth chart behind only Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. And then Adam Thielen goes down, he steps up and uh, just a really an all around strong rookie season. And now the, the thing that's been fun to watch this year is kind of seeing him take his game to a new level and have that, that confidence of having a, a year of NFL experience under his belt. And uh, he's really looking like a, a guy who uh, can, can put up big numbers this year and kind of uh, take a leap in year two. You know, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this or not, but there's, there's quite a few CSU connections on the Vikings staff. Clint Kubiak, the quarterback coach, he played safety at CSU. Rick Dennison, the O-line coach, he was a tight end at CSU in the eighties when Kubiak was head coach of the Texans, he, you know, pretty frequently would take a chance on CSU guys, you know, a lot more frequently than, you know, other coaches around the league. CSU being a small school out of the Mountain West, it kind of makes sense they don't get a ton of guys in the league historically, although there have been some more recently. What have you noticed as far as BC's relationship with Kubiak? Because from what I've been told in the past, it's essentially you know, the entire reason BC is there is, is because of Gary Kubiak. Yeah, I, I would agree with that entirely. I think um, I didn't know about all those, uh, those CSU connections with, with the Kubiaks. And I, obviously Rick Dennison has been um, kind of working with Gary Kubiak for a very long time throughout several different teams. But yeah, from everything I've heard, and I mean, we've spoken to Kubiak and he's always pretty glowing in his praise of BC. I think he saw something in him where he really, kind of in his first year with the Vikings last year as an offensive advisor kind of pounded the table that they take a chance on him in the seventh round. And clearly that's worked out pretty well so far. And uh, um, now with Kubiak at offensive coordinator, I mean, I think uh, the, the comfortability there and how, how well BC fits into what Kubiak uh, wants to do offensively and what he expects and, and wants from his receivers. I think it's really a, a great fit. I don't want to put expectations that are too high on someone or, you know, like use too much hyperbole per se, but Adam Thielen, obviously, you know, he was a guy when he broke into the league, he kind of had to work for everything that he got. He's obviously a superstar now, a, a guy that's beloved in Minnesota. Do you get those types of vibes with BC at all? Or is it maybe a little too early to say something like that? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a natural thing. Every time in, in Minnesota, there's like, a late round receiver or an undrafted receiver or something. The, the Adam Thielen comparisons are pretty easy to try to draw up and maybe help for. And I think that's uh, obviously that that would be the best case scenario, but I think Adam Thielen is kind of a special case. I mean, that, that dude is in my opinion, a top 10, if not top five receiver in the NFL and just really, really a special talent uh, that somehow slipped through the cracks in terms of, uh, the college process and things like that. I think BC Johnson has a chance to be a very good receiver uh, and we can get into this more, but I mean, he's, he's got a little bit of everything you want in terms of 
the speed, the route running. I think the mental side of his game is really, really sharp. I think that's something the Vikings like a lot about him. He's not going to make errors. He, he really dives into the playbook and knows what he's supposed to do. And don't get me wrong. He's a great athlete. I mean, he can, he can really get up there um, in terms of his leaping ability. That was one of the things he did really well at the combine um, and, and his huge hands. I just, I don't, does he have the, uh, any skill that stands out that I think he could ever be like a number one NFL receiver? I'm not sure. And it's interesting because I mean, doing a little research on his background, he was never the number one guy at Colorado state. You had Michael Gallup and then you had Preston Williams who I transferred from Tennessee. And then, so he was, he was never really that number one guy. I don't think he, will ever be a number one guy in the NFL, but can he be a, a very solid number two, number three possession receiver, um, good red zone target? I, I think absolutely. I think that's totally fair. I mean, obviously Thielen is, he's on another level. I just, I think it's funny because long before, you know, BC even got drafted by Minnesota back at his pro day, he, he told me specifically, you know, I asked him, you know, who's a wide receiver whose career you would like to emulate. And, and he pointed to Adam Thielen and he just talked about, you know, how he does all the little things, route running, can catch everything, just a guy who does the dirty things. So I always just kind of thought it was funny that he ended up in Minnesota after all of this. I'm curious, how does Justin Jefferson's arrival impact BC Johnson? And and does not having a preseason maybe give BC a little bit of an edge over him? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. I mean, that's the the main thing here is is those two guys are are fighting for this number two job behind Adam Thielen. And when the Vikings drafted Jefferson uh, with the, the premier pick that they got from the Bills in the Stephon Diggs trade, I mean, I think everybody kind of penciled in Jefferson as the number two guy, just seeing what he did last year, 1,800 yards or 1,500 yards, whatever it was on, um, on that national championship LSU team. But BC Johnson is not, and this is, I've written about this during training. He's not just going to hand that, that job over and he hasn't handed that job over by any means. And I think you mentioned it, the lack of a traditional off season for Jefferson and it kind of a shortened off season, no OTAs, no rookie mini camps, no preseason games, things like that. Jefferson has, has been good and he's, he's showing why he was a first round pick and there's a lot of upside there. But right now, I mean, throughout all of camp, BC has been the clear number two. When, when there are two receiver sets with the starting offense, it's him and Thielen. Um, when they go to three receiver sets, Jefferson is one of those main guys that mixes in there. But BC is, is clearly a starter right now. And I think given that we are, we're just a couple weeks away from week one, I think it's fairly, a fairly safe bet that he's going to be in that role for week one. Uh, will, could Jefferson push him for that and for – for those snaps throughout the season, I think he could, but I mean, it's, it doesn't, it, my point is it, it's not saying anything bad about Jefferson. When you point out that BC's ahead of him, it, it's saying a lot of good things about how far BC's come and the great off season he had and the kind of the confidence he has in year two in the system. I'm glad that you mentioned the off season here, because one of the things that I read in your article from a couple of days ago that actually talked about BC standing out was the work that BC put in in the offseason. And it actually mentioned that he worked out with Broncos quarterback Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton, which is obviously going to always excite fans out here in Colorado. Can, can you talk about that a little bit more? Has, has BC's offseason work been you know, kind of a theme this, recently? Yeah, so I think one of the main things with a guy like BC that you point to is just his work ethic. I mean, 
I, I looked it up when I was doing like my various player previews and I was writing about him or in the, in the dregs of summer a few months ago. And he was outside of the top 200 in his, uh, among receivers in his high school class. I mean, I think CSU was his best offer. He had like Northern Colorado and I don't even remember what else, but when you take a guy like that and for him to even become a highly productive division one receiver, that tells you a lot about his work ethic. And then just once he got into the NFL, we, we talked to him uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe it was, he had a, uh, his first real zoom uh, press conference of the year. And he was talking about how last year he would just spend hours and hours after practice working with uh, Vikings r- rookie quarterback, Jake Browning, um, a Washington guy. And they would just do a, a bunch do a bunch of different um, throwing and running routes and stuff like that after practice and stick around. And um, he would dive into the playbook uh, after he goes back to his hotel or wherever he's staying and things like that. And then, yeah, this off season getting, getting back in Colorado and just, I mean, obviously the the pandemic has uh, made things difficult for everybody in the NFL and everybody, every football player at every level trying to find ways to get work in safely. And um, pretty cool that he mentioned being able to go back and, work with Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick was another guy you mentioned and um, just kind of tells you a lot about how he found ways to, to get working and what he knew was, is a big off season for him. When he was at CSU, you know, he was, he was nicknamed the standard by Mike Bobo, the former Rams head coach because of just the way he approached practice. So it's, it's, you know, not surprising to me that he's been able to kind of make a name for himself with his work ethic out there. It's just been kind of fun to see. What are your predictions for BC? You know, you mentioned that you expect him to at least start the season as a starter. You know, you talked about Justin Jefferson probably, you know, contending with him for some snaps down the line. Do you think BC's potentially in for a big year or do you think he's going to be more of a role type guy? I think it'll be somewhere kind of in between those two outcomes. Um, the thing I think could be good for him is with the Vikings switching offensive coordinators. Uh, last year was Kevin Stefanski, who's now the head coach of the Browns. And now it is Kubiak stepping down from that offensive advisor role and calling plays for the first time since uh, with the Broncos in 2016. I think the Vikings, I get the sense that they could go to a little bit more 11 personnel this year. So have, have three receivers on the field at the same time. Last year, uh, the Vikings ran three receiver sets fewer than any team in the league by far. It, it was only 25% of their snaps. Everybody else is at like 40% or above. Uh, they were really tight end heavy. They love their two tight ends. They love their fullback, CJ Ham, a pro bowler. Uh, and they love running the ball. They were, they ran the ball more than any team other than the Ravens, who obviously have Lamar Jackson. But um, I think with Kubiak this year, we could see some more three receiver sets, which would be good for BC because even then in the event that – Jefferson were to potentially surpass him on the depth chart at some point, he would still be out there regularly. And I just think, I mean, they like both of those guys so much that BC is going to see the field a lot. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins has a strong rapport with him from what we've seen in camp. Uh, He's just a really, he's just a really sharp route runner. I mean, he knows how to run every route in the, uh, in the route tree and in the playbook. And he said that that's, that's the best part of his game. That's what caught uh, coach's eyes and stuff was just the attention to detail that he has in all of his routes. So I, I think he's going to see the field a lot. Um, and again, I mentioned his, his leaping ability and his big hands. I mean, we saw last year uh, he had a, a play against the lions where he had a, a leaping touchdown catch. Um, that was really quite impressive. So I think he could be a guy who's, who sees the field a ton and I don't know what 600 yards, five touchdowns. Like I don't, I, I'm just talking, um, making up random numbers here. I don't, I don't, 
want to project to uh, too many detailed numbers or anything, but I think he's a guy who's going to have uh, a strong year, even if his role kind of fluctuates throughout the year. That's definitely fair. You know, I, I, I don't want you to, you know, feel like you have to do a prediction. That's my bad. Um, no, you're good. You're good. What is the, what is the relationship like with the receivers in Minnesota? Is it, is it a tight group? Have you noticed them, you know, collectively come together? I'm always just kind of curious because especially when you have a team like Minnesota where it's Thielen is the clear cut number one guy and then it's everyone else. Sometimes that can kind of create some divisiveness, but for at least from the outside looking in, it doesn't really look like a group of guys that would act that way. No, I think, I don't think it is at all. I think Thielen is a great guy to have um, as that number one, because he's almost like another coach in the room. I mean, he he's really goes out of his way from what we've seen and what we've heard from, from everybody to, help out the younger guys. And I mean, he knows where he came from. He was a guy who played D2 football and had to make the team as a tryout. And, and I'm sure you're familiar with that story. And um, so he makes sure to kind of pass it along and uh, everything he's learned. And uh, he's a great veteran leader in that room. But I think overall, it's really close. Uh, we, we heard BC talk about um, kind of his relationship with Jefferson. And obviously, it would be natural for there to be a little bit of contentiousness there in that competition, but I don't think that's the case at all. I think the, those two guys are just making each other better. And, um, he said he had a lot of glowing things to say about Jefferson and that whole room. I mean, they brought in Tajay Sharp from the Titans this off season. They've got a couple of young guys that are intriguing. I, I think it, it, it's a more talented group top to bottom than some people realize. And BC is absolutely a big part of that. Hey, It's Justin Michael telling you there are 100 million reasons why you should sign up with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. They're celebrating the return of sports by giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all their customers, including one lucky winner who will take home a $1 million cash prize. To claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways, all you've got to do, download the app, sign up using the promo code DNVR, and enter the DraftKings free football survivor pool. Yes, it really is that easy to claim your share of up to 100 million in instant giveaways. Put yourself in the running to win $1 million. Super clutch, super fun. While the top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, everyone who signs up and enters DraftKings free football survivor pool will receive an instant bonus prize of at least $5 in value upon entering. We encourage you to sign up and see what your instant giveaway amount was. And then share it, you know? It, it'll be fun. Share it with us. Tag DNVR. It'll be awesome. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR to claim your share of $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running to win a $1 million cash prize. That promo code DNVR to get your share of $100 million in prizes only at DraftKings. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I'll definitely be pulling for the Vikings this year. It's been so tough for you guys, man, in the playoffs. Just like every year, just to come so close. It, it, it's had to have been frustrating for, for everybody out there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, they this this recent era the since Mike Zimmer became the coach they've alternated missing the playoffs and making it every year and then when they do make it I mean you had in 2015 Blair Walsh had a 
shanked a 27-yard field goal. And so they would have won a game there. And then the last two times, they've had the miracle last-second wins over the Saints, uh, first the Minneapolis Miracle, and now last year the, the overtime winner. Uh, just to follow that up with pretty uh, ugly losses to the Eagles and then the 49ers last year, but who were both the eventual NFC champions. But but still, they, they're looking to just get over that hump. They, they've, under Zimmer, they've been consistently a good to very good team, but they're looking to become, become great eventually. And I don't even need to get into the whole long history of the Vikings and choking in big moments and being 0-4 in Super Bowls <laughs> and all that. But, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think it's going to be this year because – there's a lot of transitioning happening on the defensive side of the ball and losing Stefan Diggs is tough and things like that. But I think the, the draft they had this year and the, the last few drafts they've had, which again, to tie it into what we're talking about, just being able to find like seventh round guys like, like BC Johnson. And um, they've maximized some of their early picks uh, it looks like. And then they've also been able to find uh, some kind of late round diamonds in the rough. I mean, Stefan Diggs in 2015 was a fifth rounder. So They've been good at that, and I think they've got a young core in place to um, probably not this year, but hopefully in 2021, 2022, things like that kind of uh, hopefully get to a spot where they can get back to an NFC Championship game and uh, maybe win one for the first time in a very long time. You know, before I let you go, enjoy your off day. I did just have a, a couple of questions on the college football side for you. Just, you know, with the mm-hmm. Big Ten, it's obviously been a big national headline recently what is the what is the attitude been like in minnesota from what you've gathered were, were people upset about the season being postponed is there a big push for minnesota to try and play like some of these other schools what's it been like yeah it's a good question um yeah i'm a big big 10 guy obviously i'm from minnesota but i went to northwestern um so that's that's my team but uh, i i do cheer for the gophers as well but um yeah, it's interesting because I think it's just really bittersweet. I mean, it, it's like everybody in an, in an ideal world wants to play and uh, would have loved to for the situation to be to for us to be in a place where playing would have made sense. Um, and obviously, I think there's a lot of people who still are kind of pushing for that. We've seen a lot of like Big Ten parents and things like that pushing to play, and I think a lot of people are are sad about it, but. Ultimately, it's a fascinating subject. I think it's the right call for them not to play just because of all of the, the, like the fact that they are the whole amateurism thing, I think is so key to that whole discussion. Like when you, when you're in talking about NFL players, these are professional athletes who are getting paid and they have the chance to opt out and they uh, understand the risk they're taking. But I just don't think you can ask that of, of student athletes who um, are not being compensated or anything like that. But that's a whole broader topic. I, I do think um, it, it's it'll be fascinating to watch going forward. I mean, there's been a lot of pushback recently. I know they're trying to potentially play in the spring. That would be a whole fascinating situation where that how would that affect the, the draft prep process and all kinds of things like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I've been locked in on the NFL, but I, I've been definitely following the the whole college football saga as well. Everything you just mentioned have basically been, you know, the talking points that I've had on the last couple of weeks. It's just been chaotic. The Mountain West decided to postpone as well. So right now the okay. big question is, you know, are they going to play in the spring? What's that going to look like? 
CSU's yeah. best NFL prospect actually opted out when they announced that it was going to the spring. So he's just going to declare for the draft instead. Can't yeah, really Northwestern's uh, Northwestern's right tackle who or left tackle who is our our best uh, prospect as well also opted out, and I think that just makes sense for those guys. Like, there's no reason to if you're a top three round pick or even if you just think you're going to get drafted. Like, I don't know if there's any reason to risk risk it in a spring season right before the draft. Yeah, just the lack of recovery time. And and plus, yeah. I mean, there's still so many what-ifs on what that e- would even look like when I when I think about a program. Like, even CSU, Fort Collins, Colorado, you know, it'd be pretty freaking cold if you're playing in the middle of February. Same thing with Big Ten, obviously. You know, are you going to play yeah. in Minneapolis in the middle of February? Exactly, yeah. No, that would... I've been to uh, some some games here in December and and even in January and stuff like that. I mean that that Blair Walsh game I mentioned was outdoors at uh, uh the at the Gopher Stadium and it was just absolutely brutal, like negative twenty five wind chill and things like that. That that would be a whole a whole other uh, thing to consider. Well, man, thank you so much for doing this. It was awesome to get your perspective and you know, hopefully BC will tear it up and we'll get to have you on later in the season and, and have you, you know, rave about him or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll be following uh, Colorado state if there's a, a spring mountain West season for sure. <laughs> oh man. I hope so, but we'll see. We'll see. at this point, I'm just trying not to get my hopes too much up because I've, I've been let down too many times already this year. Yeah, that's understandable. But yeah, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for having me on, man. Awesome, man. Take care.